0: Welcome to the Coffee and Questions Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Burman-Michael, and I am joined by a new friend this morning. And it is someone who I have known of for a very long time, but to have the honor of having him on my podcast is something that I just, I feel like I'm having a God moment right now. But None other than, in my opinion, the godfather of mortgage and mortgage marketing, Bill Hart. But sir, welcome to my podcast.
1: So excited to be here, Michelle, and I can't wait to get to know you. And I feel like the friendship is developing and people get to watch and listen as it happens. So fired up to be here today with you.
0: I love it. Well, I'm so excited. This conversation is one that I feel like really in the current environment in the mortgage industry, I think is more important than ever, but- The conversation I really want to have with you today is twofold and we're going to get into kind of the meat and potatoes of it, but you obviously have a leadership position in the mortgage industry. But before we get into that, why do you love mortgage? Why are you working in the mortgage industry? And, and maybe you can explain to people why even now you're still in the mortgage industry and this is where you want to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I really do. I really do love this industry. I I love it because of the ultimate impact that it has on the consumer, whether it's saving them some money each month in a refi market, which we're certainly not in now, uh, or helping them to get into a home. You know, I just interviewed our Director of Diversity Lending and Strategic Partnerships, Montel Watson at, uh, at Movement Mortgage yesterday. And he was talking about uh, black home ownership and Hispanic home ownership and our initiatives in that area are just, those are the kind of things that made my heart, make my heart explode. When you, when you realize what an impact that has on somebody, when they buy their first home, my neighbor just told me yesterday, he said, dude, we bought our first house for 150,000. And now he's in a million and a half dollar house. And, you know, he said, we haven't done a lot of things right in our lives, but what we have done right is we've just been riding the appreciation train. So, for me, that's the thing. I think we have an opportunity to really dramatically impact people's lives in the mortgage space as well as real estate. And so that's what that's why that's what excites me so much about this industry.
0: I love it. I think that's a, a brilliant answer. And I think also one of the big pieces to the mortgage industry that I find fascinating as a younger individual is is trying to figure out how to leverage money in the mortgage side of things. Uh, Or leverage my money, right? Like what's in my bank account? How do I make that go farther? Um, And spending time around people like you and others in the mortgage industry who are really talking about it from a very different angle, I think has really Mm. created this culture for the younger generation to, we're not just buying a house to say we own a house, but we're truly buying a house to change our entire life. Um, And I really think it's, it's an underserved conversation. I think too many people are talking about it in kind of a vanilla way. And I think you've obviously done an amazing job at at really changing that and having higher level conversations about things and also unapologetically, right? Like talking about Black homeownership and Hispanic homeownership and a lot of the things that I think some people are afraid to talk about. So um, super kudos to you for sure. Thanks. Um, Well, with that being said, I want to really dive into the specific topic of, of today's episode, which is in a leadership position, the importance of using social as kind of a weapon for you. And my thought process on this, and I'm really excited to just let you go on this, but my thought process is as a leader, you have to be on it more than ever. And I think the, Mm. unfortunately, the culture is the opposite. I think a lot of people in the leadership roles think that because they're leaders, they don't have to be. And- I just really wholeheartedly disagree. So I'm excited to see where we take this.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I love your focus here. And I, if I may, I want to answer it through my, my own filter and then to my coaching clients and and even past co- coaching clients that I watch on social or, or, or watch their absence on social to your point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so here's where this all started for me, just to try and give you some context, Michelle, I've got, a thousand books behind me here. Like it's a ridiculous library. It's much larger than, you know, you can see on screen. And while I haven't read them all like complete transparency, I at least go through them. My wife will tell you this because these, you know, Amazon books show up at the door every day. Right. (laughs) And, um, And I highlight them and put post-it notes in the minimum, right? So minimum, I go in surgically and I look for information from books. And one of the books on my shelf back here is Gary Vaynerchuk's first book, Crush It. And it was an orange book. And it was obnoxious at the time because Gary can be bigger than life. And his whole thing back then was, and this is probably 12 years ago, it was like video. You guys, you got to start using video. And so I was a coach at building champions. You just interviewed Daniel Harkavy and, and none of the other coaches were doing this. And I just thought, man, I'm going to jump into this. And if you go to my YouTube channel, and you look at some of my 12 year old videos. So Michelle, my audio sounded like this, like I was back here and you're, you're, you're kind of leaning in. Like I'm, I think he's saying something good, but I'm not sure. Lighting was terrible. Background was terrible. I was terrible. Everything was terrible. So I want to encourage you that if you're watching or listening to this right now, and you're saying, man, I don't like, I've got a little guy or a little gal on my shoulder. It says, you don't look good. You don't sound good. Like, just stop it, right? Just stop it because they meet you at Starbucks. They meet you at church. They meet you at a soccer game. They know what you look like. And the old thing, like you probably never even heard this, but my generation has always heard, well, you know, the camera puts 10 pounds on you is nonsense. Like donuts put 10 pounds on you, not, not the camera, you know, so set down the donuts and pick up the camera. It would be my admonition. And so I just started recording video and it was awful in the beginning, but you know, now I've got a list of equipment that I send to people. I'd be happy to send it to you. Not that you don't know what you're doing, but you know, the, this particular mic, this sure, mic, this light, these lights on the outside, that background, the fact that I've got a, you know, a a, a pink accent light over here and a blue accent light over here. That's not by accident, right? This has all been designed over time. So this is sort of my look and it's what I've created. So for me, the thing that became very simple for me, and this is sort of my unfair competitive advantage in content, and you're probably experiencing the same thing at this point in your career. When I'm having 10, 12 coaching sessions a day, I am making notes in my journal as we're talking right not about the coaching session but about something that might come out of it so as an example i might hear somebody talking about um negativity just as an example and i and i would i'll write that down and then i'll sort of listen for is this coming up anywhere else and people are talking about man, I I hate watching the news and everybody's, you know, the political ads, it's all just so negative. And it's like, okay, now I put a circle around it. And then when I get to Friday, when I record my videos, if it still holds up, like, yep, I think I need to record a message on this. Then I hit it with a yellow highlighter and it's like, cool. That's my topic. That's what I need to record on. And there might have two or three of those that I'll record videos on. So my point to you is my content comes from coaching sessions, because it's relevant, it's real, it's it's uh, current. And I just look for three buckets. And a lot of stuff I'm going to talk about, Michelle, may well be contrary to what you believe or teach. And all, all I can do is tell you what works for me. I believe, I believe for Bill Hart, I'm looking for one of three buckets. I want to entertain you, I want to educate you, or I want to inspire you. Those are my three buckets. I'm not going to be doing cat videos. Yeah. You're not going to see me taking pictures of my cappuccino. Like it's just not going to happen, but you know, like this weekend I was out getting my car washed and I, it just hit me that I had just left, I don't know if you saw this video, I was just leaving Costco and in California gas was 499 for regular there, which is like 60 cents a gallon lower than anybody else. And it hit me that, well, how interesting is it that I have become so acclimated to increased gas prices that $4.99 felt cheap to me. And it suddenly hit me that, you know, that's the frog in the boiling water thing. You know, you've heard that analogy before, we acclimate. And so I've acclimated to fuel prices. So it suddenly hit me that, well, those of us in the mortgage and the real estate industries, we're talking about interest rates all the time, but the public... They're acclimating to higher interest rates. People are going to forget about 2 and 3% interest rates. And they're going to realize that, oh, this is this is the ticket to get in. It's 7% right now. But if I do that, my property is going to appreciate over the long term, right? So anyway, not to get off into a, a major tangent there, but that's the way that I've approached it. And then my belief to your direct question about leaders in particular using social as a weapon is... Y- y- in in my opinion, if you're if you're not visible, you're invisible. And if you're invisible, you're just not in the game. You're not in the game. And you cannot tell me as a leader that you're too busy, man, I'm too busy. I just I don't have time for social. It's like, well, cool. Do you have time to be buried and have dirt thrown over the top of you? Because you're just not going to be in the game. You're goodbye. See you. You know you're going to be selling shoes at Nordstrom, and I'll I'll go buy some nice shoes from you. But you're not going to be in this game anymore. Mm -hmm. So you must you must find your own way, not Bill's way, not necessarily Michelle's way, your way, your unique way, to show up with the things that you feel passionate about. So for leaders, here's just some quick examples. Um, Patrick Palmer is a guy that used to be in our master's coach program. He's with cross country and he's brilliant at this. He'll, he'll talk about a lesson learned as a leader. And so I would follow Patrick. I would follow him on LinkedIn. I'd follow him on uh, Facebook and, and on Instagram. And you'll begin to see some of his posts about the things that he's learned. So if you're a leader, maybe the notes that you start making each and every day are, you know what? that young person had never heard of that principle before. They didn't know that. Like, for example, they never heard of the um, I call it the Oreo cookie technique. There's another term in the military that I'm probably not going to use for a a, a rated G audience. Um, But they call it a sandwich and it's, you start with a good thing. You get to the admonition or the thing they need to do better. And then you close with encouragement. You've probably heard this before. It's very standard, right? But I mean, I've been in this business for 30 years. I've been coaching for 20. I've got a million of those things in my head. Mm -hmm. So do many of you that are leaders right now. And all you need to do is capture them, turn on your camera, and just get to it. Get to the point. Michelle, I'll let you speak to brevity and what's an ideal length. But one of the things I learned the hard way when I started first doing mine is I would because I've been paid to talk my whole life, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) I like... And I go on to a three and four minute video and you watch the analytics and it's like, they're not, they're not watching it. So you got to just get to it quick, but give a nugget that's going to encourage somebody. If you're a leader, start doing this immediately. I mean, like, I'm not kidding. Do this today, record a video today. Don't worry about your equipment setup. do this if you have to, but get a video out today and start encouraging people with leadership lessons. I believe that's the weapon than any leader Can absolutely utilize immediately.
0: Yeah. And a mutual friend of ours, I'm going to piggyback a mutual friend of ours, Kyle Draper um, references a book, steal like an artist all the time. And he actually did a podcast episode with Phil Treadwell about this book. And I personally, my entire team, I have six employees all across the country and, and I have had them all start rereading high performance habits for some of them. And for some of them, it was their first time around but I read the book high performance habits three years ago when I first launched the Instagram power method. And I remember yeah. going on a walk and, and I used to do three, 10 minute walks every single day. Um, my husband's actually a strength coach for the military. So we're very military. Hello. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, you and I getting to know each other Wait. some some on the personal yeah. side there. He, yeah, he my knows husband.
1: the term I mentioned. Yes, yeah.
0: absolutely. But uh, my husband is a <laughs> no. badass, and I'm not afraid to say that, um, nice. but, uh, we he's very big on like the three 10 minute walks every single day. I currently do that on the bike now because I live in a very small town on a very uh, hilly dirt road and a 10 minute walk all of a sudden turns into like an actual workout instead of what it's right. supposed to be. Um exactly. But reading high performance habits, the second time for me, uh I actually just yesterday when I was doing one of my walks or one of my bike rides, excuse me, I was listening to it on audible and I have always said in my career and especially more so now being a new mom and being somebody who's really trying to continue to build influence in this industry is I've always told, even told my husband, like when I die, I want people to talk about me, not because of what I've done, but because of what I've done to, or what, how I've changed their hearts. Right. What have I done in their bodies to change them? And for me, social media anybody can teach you how to do something better like creating a reel creating a post doing a better video having a better hook but can someone actually change your heart meter right can we change the Mm. way that you're producing content so that you're connecting so that your content lands with people um and brendan burchard in the book just yesterday when i was listening to this section it was just after the introduction He said that one of the most important things that leaders can do and people who are truly performing at their highest level is that they can every single day create three words that they want to, their future self to look like, right? So a lot of times as leaders, we get stuck in today and we're so focused on doing what we need to do today that we forget about what do I want people to think about me or how do I want to live 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, And my three words are, I want to be present, not just in the moment of my son, you know, being 14 months and seeing him grow up, but also I want to be adventurous. I want to go do things. I want to experience things. I don't want to be in my house more than two weeks out of the month. Like I want to go do things. Um, and that's a really weird goal, but for me, um, traveling and experiencing things is so important. Um, and then the third word for me is passionate as a leader. I think Mm. it's our job to be so incredibly passionate about what we do that. It just bleeds out of us. Um, And if you can take those three things, whatever those three things are for you, that's what people are going to remember you by. And I think to your point, getting your phone out, taking a video and recording it, if you can focus on talking about the things for you, your bucket is inspire, right? Can you get on your, or open up your phone and record a video about something that inspired you today, even if it has nothing to do with mortgages? Because guess what? Every piece of our life, we could tie into work easily. Right. We, the frog oh, yeah. example, right. Or the the Oreo example, we could tie all that into what we do for work, but none for of that sure. matters if nobody can hear it. Right. Or if nobody, that's can hear right. It.
1: Yeah. It's such a good point. So, so I want you to, I want you, if you're watching this right now, I really want you to think about what Michelle just said, because that's another thing that has really occurred to me is I, I here's my experience as a coach. When we have this conversation, most people nod their heads like, yep, you're right, coach. I know I need to do that. But I'm telling you, they get hung up on a how they look and how they sound. You know this to be true. It just happens all the time. So you got to get past that. Just flick that that naysayer off your shoulder and like get past it. Because in my mind, I'm 43 and have dark hair for the record. Yeah. But then I watch my video and I'm like, I'm my dad. I have gray hair and wrinkles, whatever. But you know what you got to roll with that you got to roll with who you are and and so you know get number one get past that the second thing though is content i am telling you people lose their minds over creating content but to your point just the things that happened to you during the course of the day i haven't posted on this yet but yesterday my wife tony and i heard probably five sirens around our house here and we live in a little suburban area in southern california and we almost never hear sirens. So to hear five is like something's going on. So we start walking around to try and figure it out. Walk down the street, probably a dozen houses down. There's a trash bin out in front of the house, one of those huge ones that you rent. And evidently there was a guy who had been loading it. And we don't know what happened. We don't know if he hit his head, he had a mark on his head. We don't know if he hit his head and that's why he went down or if he had a heart attack and hit his head on the way down. But paramedics are like doing chest compressions on him. They had been doing them before we got there. We were there for another 10 minutes or so, got his name, got his sister's name so that we could pray for them. Honestly, I don't think he made it. I mean, it it went on for a long time. These firefighters just kept trading out. You know, your husband would know how to do this. You know, yeah. you know what this moment looks like, but we don't normally see this. Those of us that are not in the military and not first responders, we don't normally see this except on TV. And it was really heavy for both of us. Both Tony and I were just like, this is unbelievable. I mean, you know, the Bible tells us Psalm ninety twelve maybe teaches to number our days so that we may have a heart of wisdom. And what that means is we have to know we don't have forever. Like we don't have forever, right? Tomorrow's not promised to us. This guy yesterday thought he was going to wake up today. He had plans today. He had something he had to do on Tuesday. He left us yesterday. So I'm going to have to post on that because I've just I've got to do something with that to encourage people to be to your point present. Be we have no promises about how long we're going to be here. Do something with that. Be more present. It'd take better go for 3 10-minute walks. Take care of your heart. So, things happen to us each and every day and that gives you an opportunity to create content. Don't overthink it. Think about the things that impact you and then push that out. And if you're a leader, I'm always looking for a way to bridge that into a leadership lesson of some sort, right? Right now in the mortgage and the real estate industry, people are scared. People are nervous. They don't know what to do. Like, is it always going to be like this? Is it ever going to get back? One of the things you can do as a leader, if you're a young leader and you've never experienced this before, you can't say what I can say. I can say that I've been through eight market downturns. And what I know is people, I don't know if you ever saw my forks and spatulas video, but it, it it's about a contracting market and how top producers go in on the, the real estate and the mortgage side. And in a contracting market, they take more market share. Yeah. Gary Keller talks about it in his Double book, down. Shift. Phenomenal read right now. Yeah. So, but if you're a young leader, You're going to have to tell the story about something that you read, a TED talk that you watched, a quote that inspired you, something that you experienced firsthand viewing another leader, like a simple one right now is communicate more. In the absence of your proactive communication as a leader, people make up their own narrative and it's usually negative. So speak into that. Casey Crawford, the CEO at Movement Mortgage does this magnificently. And he's always talking to us about who we are as an organization and or where we're going and we're getting bigger to get better, not just to get bigger. That kind of communication is inspiring to people. So inspire your people, speak to them. Let, let them know where you're at. Let them know what our possibilities are. Tell them clearly what they need to be doing right now. People need to be stepping up in a big way. I, you know, At Sales Mastery, well, you were there, right?
0: No, I was actually at my own private event because Todd, I had oh, okay right when I interviewed Todd, he was like, you better be there. And my parents live in Palm Desert. So it would have been come on. to be there. Um, and well, then Phil left year, my then. event to go to Sales Mastery like the same day. That's hysterical. Um, so it, it was a long week for us. We had our big, my big private event every year is always in that same week in October. And it just so Got happened it. that Todd's event was at the same time. And I was like, Todd, Well,
1: really? hopefully next uh, year.
0: But yeah, hopefully next, hopefully year, next year it year works thinking. out, but God, it, we'll see. We'll see if that comes well, to
1: fruition. So there was a woman on stage who had done 75 million as a mortgage lender this past year, which is certainly not the top producer in the room, right? There were hundred million dollar producers, 200 million, 300. But I thought she said something that to me was the most spine chilling sentence that I probably heard there. And she said, My biggest fear is to sit idle in a shifting market. My biggest fear is to sit idle in a shifting market. So if you're in the mortgage industry and more than half of your pipeline has been refi's traditionally, and we know that refi's right now are essentially gone, what, However your team was structured, however your strategy was structured, how, it needs to be reconsidered. We need to be looking at how do I have more meaningful conversations every single day with prospective borrowers, with prospective referral partners? If I'm a realtor, it's the same thing. How do I have conversations with people who don't think it's a good time to sell, who don't think it's a good time to buy? How do I have those conversations? I've good got to shift my, my thinking.
0: Yeah. Right. It's ironic because people are, I mean, I talk to people every single day and I just got an email from a VI, one of our VIP clients this morning. She said, I'm readjusting my budget to spend more money on networking. And I was like, so you're taking your money out of social media to spend more money on in-person networking, which makes no sense to me. Right. Mm. Um, In the sense of I get the power of in-person networking without a doubt. Right. But if you are doing social media correctly, which is kind of what to your point, the whole point of having more conversations, but if you're doing social media correctly, you're creating. And I say this every time I speak, I say the same thing in some variation, which is creating relationships at scale and doing engagement on Instagram, doing 45 comments and 20 story replies, which is the the mechanism of how we teach it internally. Um, If you're doing 45, 20 every single day, you are building relationships at scale prospecting absolutely engagement. So you have to look at that as like a non-negotiable in your business. Now I always, I I use the example too, of if you make and bill, your list is definitely bigger than mine, but if you make a list of the top 100 people in your career, right? Whether they're business partners, referral partners, just mentors, whoever clients, whatever you make a list of Mm. the top 100 and you say, I'm going to see one of those people every week. How many weeks would that be? A hundred, right? Which is darn near two years. Sure. But if I do, if I do social media correctly, I can talk to all 100 of those people damn near every day if I want to.
1: Absolutely.
0: What's the difference in the relationships you can build, the momentum you can create in your business, and the momentum you can create in your bank account if you focus on creating relationships at scale through social media? So, Yeah. yeah. I'm passionate about that. Yeah, the,
1: I, I think what you just touched on there is very important. And I don't know how, how old that individual was and we don't need to call them out. But what I do know is that's typically going to be the comment of a an older person who's going to revert to, I used to go to Rotary. I used to go to networking events. I used to, and I get that. I mean, I, I get that. Like that's what you associate with success. But now to your point, I mean, look, we're all scrolling, right? We're all scrolling. And if, if you just think about how you operate as a consumer, just whatever age you are. I, you know, I'm 67, right? It, it, whatever age you are as a consumer, just look at it through that lens as to how people find you. Simple example, simple example. It has nothing to do with IG. It's just if if somebody gave me your name, Michelle, and you were a loan officer or a realtor, the very first thing I would do, would I would look you up right? I would look you up. And I may not be consciously looking for five-star ratings, but subconsciously I am because everything else that I do has a ranking system to it, right? When I'm shopping on Amazon, when I'm looking on Yelp for a restaurant, it's what we do. So if you're absent, like if I look you up and and what I get once I scroll through, my Google returns is crickets and there's no rankings. I'm like, Well, she's not legit. Like there's nothing real there. So populate your business page, populate your rankings every once in a while. Are you going to get a lunatic that gives you one star and says horrible things? Absolutely. But you bury it under a mountain of five stars, which makes you more believable. If all you have are five star ratings, people are skeptical to that, right? It's like, yeah, I'm not sure I really buy that. It's okay. Let the lunatics live there, Mm -hmm. but bury it under five-star ratings. That's my belief. So I just, look, you've got to be visible or you're invisible and you're irrelevant.
0: Well, yeah. And I think to me, and I I know anybody could do this for you for sure, but the biggest compliment in the world to me is when I'm on a sales call and someone says, yeah, I Googled you. I'm like, good, do it. Exactly. Right. Because I know that if you go and you find our YouTube channel, if you find my podcast, if you find my Instagram, if you find my Facebook, if you find anything, LinkedIn even, which LinkedIn is definitely the low end of the totem pole for me personally, but I'm still there and my content still exists there. Um, And so again, to me, that's the biggest compliment in the world. But a lot of times I think people think of, oh no, don't do that. Or they're a little bit concerned if someone were to do that. And I think- Uh, I have a really poignant question for you because this, I I took a note because I was really, it just kept coming up into the top of my head when you were speaking earlier, which is, can we define leader? Because Mm. I think leadership, there's two kinds of leaders. You and I both know that Um, there's certainly the kind that are meant to be followed. And then there's the kind that don't have any business being in the leadership position that they might be in. Um, And, I know my husband's boss will never will never listen to this cuz he's not the right kind of leader but he's the kind of person who's going to go and never let someone else shine right he always yeah. has to be the one that everybody talks about and he wants all the credit for everything it's top down leadership in my opinion versus yeah. can we build all of the framework underneath us but I'm just curious to Yeah from your point of view how do you define leadership and I think it's going to be unique because you're in a unique form of leadership, I think, within movement.
1: Mm. Yeah. So I, you know, when I think of leadership, I think of John Maxwell. John Maxwell is arguably the leadership guru of our time of this century in this country, certainly. Um and he, he just talks about inspiration and he is that leader where he creates an environment where he inspires. And so one of the things that John always does is he he draws people up. He creates an opportunity where people can rise and, and hit their own stride as a leader, right? So if your husband was working for that type of leader, he would always have opportunities to do more and be more. It's the way that great leaders get things done is they inspire people around them. The ones that are egocentric and they limit and they belittle and they have to be in the limelight. They're not leaders. I mean, maybe entitled, but you know, they're, they're managers of people. I mean, like if, if you go drive through a Jack in the box and the person behind the, 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 in the window there, as you drive through, if they wear a name tag and it says team lead Bobby, that's that's not a leader, right? That's a manager that's earning 17 bucks an hour to not screw things up. Yeah. So in my mind, you just interviewed Daniel Harkavy. Daniel is in, 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 because I worked for him for 20 years. He's 10 years younger than me. And yet he's probably done more to inspire me than anybody else that I've ever spent time with. And it's because I aspire, aspire to be like him. I want to be like him. He, he talks about, did he talk about flipping light switches on people's hearts?
0: He did like that was a huge part of our episode.
1: Right. There it is. Like I just, I just used this on a video, this little battery operated light switch, but it's because he talks about every single day, having a mission to flip the light switches up on people's hearts. Mm -hmm. If your husband's boss was wired that way, he would be looking for a way to inspire your husband to call him out to greatness, how can you do more? The I don't need to. I don't need the limelight. That's Daniel, right? He's 100%. selfless. He's all about others. That's what a great leader is, in my mind. And we don't have enough of them. But the great news is, is yeah. leaders th- th- that kind type of leadership can be learned. I don't think you have to be born that way. I think that can be learned. And a great book from the military, if you want to read about this, is Extreme Ownership. Jocko's book on Extreme Ownership is like. It is my favorite all time book on effective leadership because it's legit in the field, bullets flying lessons learned because lives are on the line about what kind of leadership really works. A lot of, a lot of leadership books are theoretical. Jocko's book is real world. This is what works. This is what didn't work.
0: Yeah. We we've, or we've listened to extreme ownership. We own it. My husband's probably read it three or four times, but, um, This is something that's on my heart to say based off of this conversation and and kind of where we're going with it, which is I feel like I have an opportunity to be a leader in our industry. And you and I were kind of talking about that offline a little bit, but I have six girls that work for me. Four of them are either military wives or live the military lifestyle. And and that's obviously a passion project of mine. Um, And all of them, all six of them have never owned a home until they worked for me right? Two of them are in the process of buying currently. Um, And the biggest thing for me is it's not about the accolade of, Oh, yay. I'm so proud of my employee that now gets to buy a house. It's that to me, it's heart centered leadership. It's I'm changing the way that they can live their life without taking anything else away from them. Right. So they're, they're working for me. It's not taking anything away. It's only like creating more impact where my clients get more of them, you know, two of the girls that work for me are new moms, right? One of them had her son literally less than 24 hours after I had mine and she gets to work from home all day, raising her son the way that she wants to raise her son, making more money than she's ever made, buying a house that she's never owned before or, uh, you know, going through that experience. One of them is PCS to Oceanside and never even thought she was ever going to be capable of even having a career because they've moved each time since they've been married. Right. So leadership to me is, can I create impact for them internally? Right. Can they feel like they have a career that matters to them? And then can I create impact for my clients in the process while they're also being impacted? Um, so good. And
1: well, that's so, how I so want. I'm really proud of you. Well, I just, I love what you're describing. I'm really proud of you. I've never served in the military, but as you can see over my shoulder here, I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a huge Patriot. I'm an ambassador for a military charity called boot campaign that helps men and women with traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress. And, uh, and I've been doing that for 10 years. So I, I have a huge heart for that particular slice of Americana. That provides an opportunity for you and I to do what, what we do, right? But but I love that you focused on military wives. That's such a great segment of people who are enormously supportive, enormously loyal. Um, but to a certain degree, you know, they're not able to control their own future. You're giving them an opportunity to not only change their future because of home ownership while their spouse is deployed or training or whatever it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. But when they, when they PCS, they now have an opportunity to take advantage of their VA benefits, which are fantastic. And most people are not, even those that are in the military, you know, this are not fully aware of what their benefits really are. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that they should be taking dramatic advantage of, in my opinion. So let me just say to you, if there's anything I can do to help you in that initiative And I don't know what that looks like, Michelle, but if you ever want to just schedule a call with your team, if you want to get them on a call, if I can bring value to you in any way, that's a way that I can serve you and those military spouses. So whatever I can do to help, just know that I'm, I'm not just in, I'm all in.
0: I love it so much. I, I knew that I was going to love interviewing you and I don't even feel like it's an interview. I feel like you and I are just hanging out talking because that's just the The best kind, right? but for me i want to bring us full circle and i obviously want to be a good steward of your time as well and and i think sure. that we just need to schedule another episode too frankly but um the Happy thing that to. i really want to to do is bring us full circle and say and allow you to to speak into people who are listening to this and you know i i've interviewed kelly rogers another influential leader um in the movement yes. mortgage space um i've interviewed lots of leaders in their right term you know or terminology if you want to use that um But I don't think that there are enough leaders who take the time to stop and be still for a minute Mm. and listen to episodes like this, right? Or listen to an audible about something that they need. Because I think if there's one thing I've learned as a leader myself is that we get really busy. We get really focused on being busy and we get really focused on the next big deal, right? We, I, you know, mm. we have a huge contract that we're navigating right now with a, with a mortgage company. It's an, a fantastic deal for us, but I've gotten so busy in that, that I forgot about the things that make me, me. And you bet. Um, Grant Wise is one of my, he's my business coach. He's been my business coach for three years and somebody who I just absolutely love with every fiber of my being. And he made me, think about this as a college athlete. I swam competitively for 20 years, swam for Rutgers all through college, um, became a very elite level CrossFitter and then retired to, to become a mom. But for me, he asked me, he goes, Michelle, can you explain to me your recovery routine when you were in college swimming at that level? And, you know, I got a massage twice a week. I iced either my shoulder or some body part every single day after practice. I was going to the physical therapy room two or three days a week. Um, I was getting, doing ice packs, cryotherapy, stim all of the things and he goes um when's the last time you had a massage michelle and i was like shit grant i don't know a year
1: exactly Um,
0: and he goes and you wonder why you're getting close to feeling overwhelmed and the terminology that a lot of people use is burnt out and so i think as leaders if we want to continue to show up as leaders we have to remember how did we get to where we got in or where we are currently in the first place and go Mm. back to that and then talk about it on social media (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's, it's really true. So it, as a closing thought on that topic, if if you're a leader right now, and, and by the way, that like you're a leader, if you have one person that assists you as a virtual assistant, you're a leader, you're a leader, if you have a company with 500 direct reports, you're a leader, if you have a team with six people that you have to figure out payroll for every month. Mm-hmm. But what I know as a leader is what Michelle just said about recovery is absolutely huge for you. And I think there's two paths that you can go down in the market. Like we're in right now, the easy path is to say, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to work all the time and I'm going to be attached to this all the time. And because I have to, out of fear, I'm constantly connected to it. My family complains about it. My kids joke about me being on the phone all the time, but I have to, because I'm fearful. The other path is for you to say, I have to create margin in my life so that I can show up as a better leader. And so the easiest thing that I would tell you to do is stop binge watching whatever you're binge watching, go to bed a little bit earlier, wake up a little bit earlier, start your morning by controlling what you put into your mind, read something that is inspirational, aspirational, positive, leave the news off, just turn it off, and then create a commitment where you're gonna start talking to your team members every single day. And when I say talking, I mean listening. Ask them how they are. How's it going? How are you feeling right now? What's working? What's not working? You don't have to be a professional coach to just have a conversation, to connect with people's hearts. But you have to make margin for it so that you can show up in a meaningful way. The people that are just flying as fast as they can right now, Michelle, in an industry, in a market like we're in right now, I am telling you, it's not going to be long first quarter, probably next year before we start seeing these people fizzle out.
0: Totally. We're already if you're not
1: it. in direct production, right? Yeah, for sure. If you're not in direct production where your, your activity creates direct production and dollars, if you're, if you're one step removed from that and you're not doing something to absolutely positively impact production, you're superfluous and you're not necessary. So you've got to be relevant by being balanced showing up in a meaningful way, being present to your point, as you're talking to the people that work for you, listen to them, help them come alongside them, encourage them and inspire them. That's your job right now.
0: Yeah. And I think to tie it with a big giant red bow document it. When you get off that team meeting, take a screenshot of it and post it. Or, I mean, I I hate, I'm not a screenshot fan, but at least you get something and you get it up. Um, But I think to your point, get on video. And, you know, right before I jumped on with you, I picked up my phone. I just written an an Inman article about the power of of having a portable brand. And so I said to myself, this is a perfect reel. So I ended up just grabbing my phone and walking outside and recording a 60 second reel about the power of having a portable brand. Because to your point from the very beginning of this episode, it's current and it's relevant, right? A lot of people are making company moves. A lot of people are switching things up and, and deciding, Maybe their career needs to go on a different path or on a different path. And can do you have a brand that's going to pick up and go with you? So the point of the matter is document what's happening in your life. Um, And as a leader, I truly believe it is your responsibility to show up uh, and be a light in a very dark time for a lot of people in our industry.
1: It's what people need right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, Bill, Tell my audience, how can we get connected to you? And then also anything that you have coming up, uh, whatever that might look like, a webinar, a mastermind, an event, something that we can get dialed in to to spend more time around you.
1: You bet. Yeah, I mean, really, I, look, I'm easy to find on social. You know, in the old days, we used to give out phone numbers and email addresses. Like, I'm not hard to find. Just type in Coach Bill Hart, you'll find me. Yep. CoachBillHart.com is my website. Everything's there. Anything that's coming up, anything that I do, my book, my podcast, just you know, my world events, it's all there. So, CoachBillHart.com is probably the easiest place to go hang out.
0: I love it. Well, I'm honored that you took the time to spend the last 45 minutes with me and. I am so excited for where our relationship will go in the future. I think it's just the start of something likewise. Similar. So um, hey, if you help are... me show
1: up better on Instagram, Michelle. Like I I stumble through what I do out there. I need to learn from you. So help me. Oh
0: my gosh. You I need to learn from you. So that's gonna be mutual. Um but I'm i am I'm so excited for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast, whether you are watching us uh, via video or if you were listening to the audio version, um, like, subscribe, leave us a review and recommend more people that are as badass as Bill Hart because I love interviewing these people. So thank you guys so much for spending the time hanging out with me. And for those of you guys who have not connected with me on social, please grab me at Burma Media Social on Instagram and let's chat. Thanks guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.